Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am great tonight. How are you doing? It's a great night around the Wooly household. My youngest daughter messaged me. She somehow scored two Taylor Swift tickets. Stop. In in Cincinnati, her favorite band is actually opening, her second favorite band since Taylor Swift's her favorite artist. Wow. uh, Yeah, she messaged me. It's like she somehow Ticketmaster messed up when she originally went for tickets. And they messaged her and like, hey, we messed up. We're going to give you a, a shot at tickets. And she she was like, am I getting scammed? <laughs> and she got two tickets. And so then, of course, I've got to troll her. And I'm like, oh, when are we going? And she's like, yeah. uh, I, it wasn't going to be we. It was like me and a friend. I'm like, I know you're not taking me. Oh, Jesus lame. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. There was like some sort of controversy with the tickets and they all went so fast. I thought bitches were given like their left kidney and stuff to get those tickets. And well, that's what I want to tell her. She paid 400 bucks for two tickets. I'm like, sell those things for like two grand and let's go to party. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh, that's, that's dope. Good for her. Yeah. So very exciting night around here and uh, excited about our guest. David Megiddo is with us. David, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on guys. The, uh, Chicago world champ, Hyrox champ. Uh, North American champ. North not American not champ. world champ yet. We have big dreams though. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So for those listening, we ran into David Chicago when we, uh, we went there for the uh, North American championships and first time I've ever watched, like actually sat down to watch the elites actually go and do that was a back and forth race. Mm-hmm. The whole way it was like real, like, I no offense to high rocks because I love it. It was fun when we did it, but I was shocked at how entertaining and how close and engaging and competitive it was. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't what I got. And it was awesome. And you yeah. killed it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think when most people envision like that much running, you're like, okay, like how boring is this about to be? But right. you know, like we, my wife and I, like we, when we're working out here at home, um, we, we definitely like put the CrossFit games on and watch. And even if it's one of the ones that's like the four mile ruck run yes. or the, or like the mountain biking one with all the loops, like we're still watching it. Like I'm into that. And I would say high rocks is a little more action packed than those events, uh, for sure. But you know, maybe less so than a lot of the events that happen like kind of on the grid. So, yeah. um, it's its own special animal. Yeah, for sure. I think you kind of need to see it to understand it because we, we, it was explained to us so many times and it wasn't until I like stepped into the venue and really understood that like the running was happening in laps kind of like on the outside of the course. And so you could turn and watch the running and then you could turn to the inside and watch the, watch the action when you guys got to each separate event. Like it was, it definitely, you kind of had to be there and now I fully understand it. And now I'm like stoked on it. You know what I mean? There is this, not that like the arena that they built is like this massive thing, but they filled up the stands and there is this cool vibe of like, every time you re-enter the arena, it's like the crowd sees the people coming in, people start getting hyped up and then you do your thing and then you roll out again. And it's like, oh, like who's going to come in in the lead on the next one? Like there Mm -hmm. is like this, like, I don't know, like you don't know the order we're going to return in, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, the run is is short enough. That's like air quotes short enough where you can watch a little bit of like, Oh, who's passing on the outside and who's got, you know, who's got a little bit of an edge here and like, Oh, like I, th- I feel like they're changing positions. And then, yeah, like you, you kind of need to wait to see who's in the lead for each individual event. And then man, things can get really changed up. 
They like yeah. really can't because you were not in the lead for the first chunk of the race. Yeah, I sat back uh, early in the race and I just kind of wanted to run the splits that I wanted to run and stay comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then um, I put on a pretty hard charge around the third station, which is the sled pull. Yes. I, ran, I ran hard through like I was I was making up time on most of the running as well. Um, but then then I made I kind of made my move over the next few stations to move into podium contention. Yeah, that's so cool. That And that was a strategy that you had worked on and kind of like a plan you made to stick to. Yeah, I think, you know, when you run, like, uh, the difference between High Rocks and going to, like, CrossFit games, like, re regionals or sanctionals, or I'm not sure what they call it these days. They change it so much. Both uh, apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, when we run, like, a lot of our qualifying races, like, I might show up and there might only be, like, one other top guy at that event that I know I'm going to battle. And so you more or less, on those qualifying events, you kind of run your own race you time trial, you're very steady. And then when you get dropped into a field like this one at the elite 15 for the North American championships, every single guy is kind of like the guy who's won mm -hmm. races like throughout the year. And all of a sudden everyone's like strategy kind of goes out the window. People are trying to take each other's heads off. People are trying to establish dominance and set the tone of the race very early. And um, I ran at the European championships three weeks prior and my game plan was to run smart and instead, I fell into the trap of trying to run other people's races, and I ended up having a bad day and mm. get, kind of getting chewed up and spit out. And so I, I went back to the drawing board and said, like, I know my fitness is where I want it to be, but I need to do it my way. And uh, I just went out and, and ran the race that I wanted to run. And uh, Dylan Scott, who finished second, did the exact same thing. And uh, we found, you know, that we were battling each other basically from station three on. Yeah. That's so cool. It's interesting to hear because I think that is something that happens to us like everyday people in the gym on a daily basis. Like you, you have your own strategy or you think you know how, how you want to approach something, but then, you know, your rival in the 530 class is right next to you on the assault yeah. bike and everything goes out the window. And it's interesting to hear on an elite level that you, you sort of play the same mind games as we do. It's just, you know, like we're all this celebrities. They're just like us. Like we all have the same traps we can fall into. We all have the same goal setting and whether or not you could stick to it is, a, is another thing. Well, you know, just like any other wad, right? Like you, like once you blow up, it's kind of game over. Like uh -huh. then you're just, you're just surviving that wad. Like high rocks is like that, except that it's an hour long wad. So if, if you blow up 20 minutes in, it is a miserable experience for the last 40 minutes. But if you run your controlled really dialed in paces and efforts and you hit the splits that you want to hit, then you're going to be feeling really money coming into like the seventh station, which is what yeah. I did. And yeah. I felt, I, I told people like, I, I didn't feel bad until I was like halfway through the seventh station, which is a hundred meters of sandbag lunges. And I mean, at that point you're, you're 50 minutes into the race. Like it's, it's hard not to feel bad. That's pretty much where things turn. And, and at that point you can survive it, you know? Right, because you're almost done. Right, John? Just an hour-long race yeah. for you, too? Yeah. For me, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, minutes, yeah. 50 minutes into the race, I'm pretty sure I was still on event three. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. All I know is, like, I remember looking up at that, like, 40-minute mark and looking at where I was in the race, and I do math really well. I'm in banking. I do math really well. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to be out here for longer than an hour and a half. And I absolutely was. It was not. I heard, I heard you spend an extra long time on that sled. I spent a long time on that sled. All right. So let me tell you about this sled. Okay. Right. Bring on the sled talk. Well, I mean, look, here's the problem with the sled. You know, 
Nikki and I went in this thing blind, dude. Blind, totally blind. No, it's not a good way to do it. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, yeah, if I had known, I probably fully agree with that. No, I fully agree with that sentiment. It's not a good way to do it. Bro, I got on that sled and I've pushed a lot of sleds in my life. And I'm reasonably strong for an old guy. Like I put my shoulders in that thing. I take one step. I'm like, oh man, this is not going to be fun. But I'm like, I just got to go down and back. Just got to go down and back. And so I go down and back and I turn to the guy, the judge, and I'm like, all right, where am I running? I had no idea. He's like, uh, nowhere. You got to go down and back again. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, what? Pardone? <laughs> yeah, I had just crushed myself going down and back. And now I got to do it again. I'm like, this this is not for me. This is not so fun. the thing about the high rock sled is you look at it and you're like, okay, so it's 375 on top of a sled. Piece of cake. Easy. Easy. Um, except that for whatever reason, their sleds just hit so hard. Like we, yeah. we, um, I, I equate it to in my gym, we push on carpets there too because it's carpet, not turf in the competition. I push on carpets. Right. My carpets are still faster than their carpets. So I typically have to load my sleds up to 600 or 700 pounds just to make it semi-equivalent to what it's like pushing in the actual race. And then I would say if you're pushing on turf, you probably really need to load about 900 to make it equivalent on the men's pro weight. So it's you're pushing it and it, it moves – but the amount of energy that it is sucking out of your soul is immense. I thought the pull was way harder than the push. Oh, I didn't. It, if, if it's a skill you're not used to, like specifically yeah. that style. Yeah. I mean, my first race, the pull was way worse for me than the push. But the, yeah. the push is what what took all my energy. And then the pull is what really did me in. Like yeah. it's the damage that you take on the push that ends up affecting your ability to have like an effective pull. Sure. And that's and the I, thing about – having them sequentially, boom, boom, two and Totally, totally. I also feel like the damage you can incur on the push can really fuck up your running. More than any, like almost more than mm-hmm. anything else. Unless you like super blow up the row, which is like very, very early on. But like the damage you can do to your legs if you don't like pace that right or time that right. Like if your legs are blown up for the rest of the race, you got that like that butt pain that comes from <laughs> pushes. Right. Like how do you run? How do you run hard, you know? So, so the thing is, I think if people at home don't know the way the race is formatted is there's eight runs that are each a kilometer long. And then each of those runs is followed by a fitness station. So it's thousand meter skier, 50 meter sled push, 50 meter sled pull, 80 meter burpee, broad jump, thousand meter row, 200 meter farmer's carry with some heavy kettlebells, depending on your weight class. Sneaky. That one it's, I was like NBD. That one is sneaky. It is because you're you're pretty worked wiped out when you get there. And then there's a hundred meter uh, sandbag walking lunge, and then a hundred wall balls at the end. And basically everything just kind of builds like layer over layer over layer onto you. And slowly, like you know, you're running hard enough that lactic acid is building up. And then if you're overworking any station, if you overwork the sleds particularly, you can really blow up your legs and maybe your hips, your back, and like mm-hmm. your body just doesn't really come back to you. So, um. High rocks is not just like the ability to run fast and move weight. It's the ability to run fast under extreme duress when your legs are really trashed. I ran my first race, Elijah Muhammad ran in the first race that I ever did. Yeah. And and we went out and had a drink afterward and, and we were talking about it. And he's like, it's not just that you have an engine. It's that you have an exhaust. Your ability to clear all of this stuff back out of your system and continue to run as if it didn't happen. He's like, that's what makes you unique as like a, as an athlete. 
And so like high rocks really suits me very specifically mm-hmm. more than it would suit someone like him who's superhuman in so many other ways. But, you know, engine and exhaust, as he said, are just like two very different things. What a cool way of putting it. I love that. I've never mm-hmm. heard that before. Well, it works for me because I was exhausted. But um, I think what's, what was interesting to me, and I'd be curious to your take on this, like I figured out the sled three and a half pushes in. Like I kind of pride myself on being a smart athlete. I'm not the strongest guy, I'm not the fastest guy, but I'm really efficient. And I, when I take on a new movement, I try to be as efficient as possible in that movement. And I figured it out like right at the end, what my problem was. You own a gym, you train high rocks, like, are they, do you train the efficiency of these movements to your members? Is that like part of the methodology of high rocks or like, how do you guys approach this with everyday athletes, like old guys like me? <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's definitely a mix. Like there are, there are multiple techniques that you could use on the sled. Um, there is the traditional technique, which is just get your chest in close and just drive that sucker. Um, and then there's, you know, and keeping in mind, like the lower you slide your hands on those poles, the more quad dominant that that push is going to be, the higher up you get, the more glutes you're going to get to engage. Um, and then a lot of guys have been transitioning to this kind of reverse grip technique where yeah. you're sticking your elbow inside the pole and grabbing the pole lower down. And that when you lean on it, it almost lifts the back end of the sled, like, you know, a few millimeters off the ground and gives you like this perfect little balance to, to skim it along the ground. And, um, in doing that, it also takes a lot of the pressure off your quads and, again, makes it a little more glute heavy, which for me, I, you know, if I can save my quads for the running, it's really, really helpful. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been teaching that technique to a lot of my members, but a lot of times in the workouts, I make them go back to that traditional push technique because I want them to just get the work. Like Sometimes it's not about technique work. Sometimes it's about volume of work. And sometimes mm-hmm. – we're going to go in and we're going to work on a scale. We're going to improve your efficiency with your rope. That means uh, on the, on the sled pull. And that means learning how to clear the rope better so that your aisleways are clear behind you. That's making sure that you're utilizing like a good leg drive to, to start the movement and hiking through it's, you know, understanding what angles to leverage your shoulders at. So there's a lot of technique, but, but the thing about high rocks is like, it's not rocket science. Like there are no movements that are like super, super technical, and that is like a, a big differentiator between high rocks and CrossFit. Like, you know, in CrossFit, there are so many movements that take like years of mastering, like skills. And mm-hmm. with high rocks, I think their objective was let's make something that's really, really hard where like mind, body and soul, you're going through it. But let's make it very doable for like anybody, like of not necessarily of any fitness level, because I think you have to be very fit, but let's make it attainable and and so that anybody can train for it and not have to spend like a year learning skills. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. And and do you find that in your gym that you have people who, you know, are sort of in the earlier stages of figuring out their fitness or their lifestyle or how they can work those movements in on a daily basis? Yeah, like so I my gym is in Washington DC. It's called Elevate Interval Fitness and when I first opened it, we were more of just a hit studio, mm-hmm. um, a lot of hit classes, almost like boot camp style. Um, then we started incorporating like a pure strength program. Um, or my breakthrough program is either all strength classes or all endurance. And so helping people become better runners, helping people get stronger, people that are maybe not as comfortable doing those things. And then we started adding more. We added uh, 
functional hit is like a much more like it's got more of those CrossFit skills in there. We started adding wall balls. We started adding sleds. We started adding, we added a pull-up rig in. So there's like, there's a lot more of those things starting to, to come in. And then I added a hybrid athlete program. And this is where people come and train for me for events like high rocks, for things like DecaFit. And yeah. um, we specialize more in that. And I have people that are like pretty advanced athletes who are taking it and doing it with me. And then people who are really just trying to lose weight. And they were like, mm-hmm. uh, I want something to train for. That yeah. seems awesome. And so like literally it's all levels and I put them all together and I put like, I program level one, level two. You guys might have it as like RX or scales. scales. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially that. And um, everybody trains together. And I, as I tell people, like the way I structure my programming, like you could be an elite level athlete, a total novice, a pregnant woman, uh, somebody who's average. It, it doesn't matter. We're all in there together. And it develops having something to train for, like outside of like outside of just working out and outside of maybe just the open once a year is really good for building that community because everyone's kind of looking forward to the same thing. Then yeah. they all travel to an event together. They're splitting hotel rooms. They're going out to team dinners. And all of a sudden the vibes get really, really good. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of us haven't had like since school. Like yes. I love a team dinner. I love like a solid, like, you know, you're, you've got people that you're going to battle with, but then also like you're drinking together afterwards. And I, I feel like personally, I haven't done a CrossFit competition in a long time. Like those days are kind of a little bit behind me, but it was the same vibe when we all used to like a gym would go to a competition and you'd all compete together and you'd all like train together. Like you said, share a hotel room if you're traveling. And and it just, that's something that if you played sports in college or in high school or whatever, in your younger years, you don't really have as an adult, you don't really have that kind of an outlet anymore. Always. You don't have those scenarios. And I love that you're building that because it's so fun. I read a thing like yesterday, I think it was yesterday. It said um, over 700 CrossFit affiliates have now become High Rocks affiliate gyms as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is perfect because this is like one more thing that you can train your clients in. And there's such a high level of engagement and retention within the people who are training for this stuff. And like those people become like your like your superstar clients in the sense that like they're more bought in than anybody mm-hmm. because you've opened up a whole new world to them of, of like cool stuff to do and you've given them more purpose with their training. And so I, yeah. I, I think it's done wonders for, for my studio and I think it would for like any box. I, I highly recommend you guys try and uh, check out High Rocks affiliation and go bring your group if you're listening yeah, to just, one of these races. It's I just awesome. talked yes. to them. I was down yeah. in Columbus and I ran into Lauren, who's the affiliate rep. And uh, I told her I'd call her this week. I own an affiliate. And so we're discussing whether we should add this into our mix. Um, my co-owner is loves to run, like she is living to do high rock. She hasn't done it yet. And she saw me do it and she's so jealous. She's like dying to do it. So I think we're kind of right there right now. We're like, we think we should add this in. Something yeah. You probably have most of the equipment that you need to right. train oh, yeah. for it. So like, it's actually a pretty <clears throat> easy thing. Like I've looked at other affiliations where they're like, Oh, you need to buy this. You need to buy this. And I'm like, well, it's going to cost me like eight grand just to buy all that stuff before I even, right. you know, it's like, where do I even put all this stuff? Um, yep. So, but the one with high rocks is actually very easy to get started. And 
I find that people that do high rocks, they're very sticky. Like they, they want to do more than one because the event itself, like some people look at the fact that the event is the same every time as a bad thing. I think I look at it as it's a really good thing because they're not always, courses are not one-to-one. They're not completely identical, but they're close enough that you can cross compare like, Oh, look on this station, look how much better I got. Like you get a breakdown of every station, every run, everything. And you can really analyze yourself and break it down and then fitness test yourself again and see how much you've improved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I think I like, I like it both ways. Like I like some, some stuff where it's different every time and it keeps it really interesting, but also I love a test retest. And I think in the greater realm of sport, like we see that so often in people who run marathons over and over, half marathons mm-hmm. over and over, cycle the same courses and the distances. Like there's something to that. And I also think that as a gym owner, one of the smartest things you can do is diversify the options that you're giving people to step foot in your gym. Because totally. those sticky people might also want to do some one-on-ones. They might also want to learn weightlifting in the future. Maybe there is a part of them that wants to spend a year learning how to snatch properly. And they're still going to train high rocks in the meantime or, or, or something along those lines. And I like the fact that they're offering this sort of like affiliation program because if you're a CrossFit gym or you're a hit studio or something and you're good at your programming, but you want to bring those other people in, having a program already developed for you that's tried, tested, and true for the sport that you're going to prepare these people for is an awesome resource. And I, I think also it's very found, cool. I also found that one of the things that it did for me was a lot of my people that were kind of eh on running. Um, they broke down their fear of running because Mm. we got them into real run training. And, you know, I know a lot of people that do CrossFit do it so they can run less or they try and avoid running like at all costs. Uh, But I mean, I come from a running background that was like my main sport when I was younger. And so for me, running is like this thing that brings me like great peace and great joy. Um, But I also love clanging and banging weights. So um it's just kind of like opening people's eyes to the perspective of like the good, like take away the stigma of like the bad and running mm-hmm. and give them something good as a reward. Like if you run your ass off, you're going to have a great high rocks time. So yeah, um, it's going to make the entire experience better. Yeah. You sell it in in 1K chunks and CrossFitters are like, I'm listening. I'm I, can, okay. I can manage that. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, totally. For sure. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people would argue like the worst part of the race is like the first one K ski where you're like, can this be over so I can get on with my race or, or the hundred wall balls at the end where you're like, can this be over? So my race is over. Like it's, it's not really like everything else. You're like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm out for my run, but I actually need this run because the sled just killed me or whatever. And like, you're actually like, in some ways you're like, thank God, like I'm back on the run. Um, And then, you know, every time, you get to something that you're like, I do not want to do this anymore. Like you don't have to do it again. That's like a cool right, thing. Right. You're like on to the yeah. next one. Yeah. And it's kind of over before you hate it too, too much. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, did it with a, you did it with a weight vest, I right? did it, and I did it with a weight vest, but I also did it with a partner. So I, I was truly, it was not that bad. Truly. You did it with the legend Lauren Weeks. I did. Yes. And it, homegirl went at my pace. So we were fine. She's like uh, seven months postpartum or something. Yeah. And yep. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And won the European Championships. Uh, no big deal. No big deal. Did the race twice that day. Did it with you guys and then did it with me. Her idea, by the way. Machine. That She's a there. machine. She's insane. It's, yeah. There are some really stunning athletes in this sport that I think 
it's exciting for some attention to to start yeah. to to get to them to the hard work and the effort. Like you know, the top level. I think there are a lot of CrossFitters who are amazing athletes who don't get attention, but yeah. like the ones who are like the highest highest level, like everybody knows who they are. You know, everybody gives them their flowers because they deserve them. And in and in High Rocks, it's like a couple people are known commodities, yeah. and uh, we're we're just kind of scratching the surface of this thing. Yeah, it's still kind of new. I think the more that the word gets out and the more people go and test it and the more people go and see what elite athletes like you can do, the more popular everything will get. The sport, your names, like all of the above. Like we need we need more eyeballs on it. Here, I know it's more popular in Europe, but here it's like still coming up. You know, I think it would be huge here. And we've seen the growth. Like it's growing really fast now in the United States. It had a really rough start here because they launched like two races. And then and the hype coming in was massive for those events. I didn't even run those. I uh, at the time, I wasn't wasn't what I was focused on. And um, then COVID happened. Yeah. And all of a sudden we were like, oh, man, like this thing is not growing. And, you know, really, it really put a dent in things. And now we're like in much the same way as I think we're finally getting clear of it in the gym where I think a lot of gyms were affected by COVID on the, yeah. on the comeback. Like it took much longer than we anticipated. High rocks was the same way. And now all of a sudden they have traction and we're seeing rapid, rapid growth, but you're right in Europe. I mean, there's like 30 something races already a year. Yeah. Yeah. And they launched middle East. They launched they're in They're in Asia. They're Hong Kong. Like it's, it's going to be worldwide soon. And it's, I mean, I'd be shocked if it's not in Australia really soon. Yeah. It's so cool. I love that. That's going to be, that's going to be huge. The, one of the things that really struck me in it about the, in the entire event, is how normal everyone is, including you, David. I mean, we have a lot of athletes on this show and um, you know, usually when we talk to games athletes, like first they're telling us, Oh, I, Ooh, eight o'clock. It's too late. I got to go to bed at like eight fifteen. I think you I know. said that too, though. I did. Yeah. Say that too. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I I push it because it's past baby bedtime. Well, for you too, right? What time does your baby go to bed? We we put the baby to bed at seven, and we're East Coast. At, but I usually am in bed by like eight eight thirty because I wake up no. around four. Ew, why? Got to work. Gotta, if I'm gym. not working, I'm training. Yeah, yeah. I at I'm coach. Four? I'm in, I unlock the studio at five, and and I'm either coaching or if it's a day when I'm not opening, I got to get my workout in. Like my That's first fair. one of the, I got to get, you know, we're going to train two, three hours. Like when are you going to do it? Wait. And how are you doing it? Because have you even slept in the last 12 months? Your baby turns one in like 48 hours. Yeah. And 48 hours. Uh, now I guess 36 hours. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's not been a lot of sleep. Actually, I got, yeah. she was born March 11th, 2022. And I was coming off an ankle injury. I had a really bad sprain, like some ligament issues. And I was just like trying to regain my running form and other things and get ready for the race season. I was ramping up because I, I still hadn't qualified for world championships last year at this time. And I baby was really born really small. She mm. was not really small, but she lost a lot of weight in the hospital. And all of a sudden we're being told by the doctors that we have to feed her every hour. And so oh. that was good times. Um, so we were sleeping in two hour shifts and alternating the wake ups, but you really wake up every time the other person's yes, alarm goes off. You so yeah. you're, you're up anyways. And so we were waking up eight times a night to feed the baby for the first two months. And then it got to be like, okay, only three wake ups a night. And then we just stopped doing the once a night wake up two weeks ago. 
So, I mean, it's like I haven't had a, like many full nights of sleep in the last year. But one of the things that happened was about six weeks into having the baby, I was training as hard as I could, wasn't sleeping. I got a stress fracture in my shin. And I have to assume that the not sleeping had a major role in that. Um, my wife's like, don't blame the baby for that. But like, it's not the baby's fault, but I wasn't sleeping. Um, right, right. It's it's transitive property, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's not blame, but there is a fact <laughs> right. that yeah, that like is cause a and factual effect. occurrence. Yes, yeah, yeah causation. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's been really hard. I think that's one of the things I'm really proud of for this year was to yeah. manage to keep training hard enough that I was able to win the North American Championships while feeding a baby every night at between two and three in the morning and then, or, or one and three in the morning and then waking up at four or four thirty most days and dragging my carcass into work or into the gym and getting to work. And, um, you know, sometimes trying to get in 30 minutes before my shift started so I could go get my back squats in or, or whatever, like any, anywhere I could squeeze it and went after putting her to bed, going downstairs here, this is the lab in the house and just, mm-hmm putting in some work on the assault bike or, or the rower or the, uh, or just grab some dumbbells or squat or anything, you know? So a lot of it was just like, where can you find the time? Being a new dad is hard. It's hard to do that and an athlete and a business owner. It's it's truly impossible. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of pressure is put on new parents to just, I mean, moms a lot, but, but dads too, to just, okay, like, welcome, welcome to parenthood. Like, are you, are you back to your shit yet? Come on, let's go. And it's, it's really wild that, um, you know, you can't really let off the gas. And as an athlete too, like you don't get an off season. If you're not working, everyone else is. That's and it. so like, the competition is fierce. Championships are one in the off season. So, so when I had my stress fracture, I was like, okay, I'm not giving up on this next year. What does this mean? It means, um, it means an hour a day or more on the assault bike. It means it, it's just awful. It's just so awful. It was Maybe like nauseous. Some days you're, you're just gonna excuse me. Man. Some days you're just gonna steady state on that bike for an hour or ninety minutes. Some days you're gonna do hundred calorie repeats. Some days you're gonna do, you know, sixty something cals on the bike into a thousand meters in the ski erg, and you're gonna do eight rounds of each for time. Like some days are gonna. I mean, it's just just awful, awful horrific workouts that there was it was every day for my shin took because i kept trying to come back i ran a couple races trying to qualify for worlds on the injury um i raced at world championships last year uh in the pro division not the elite because i missed qualifying by 16 seconds on this thing um but i wanted to race anyway so i went and so i i did a lot i had a lot of setbacks so it was about three months of just doing that every day um and that's a it's a bad way to do it, but my fitness was stellar when I yeah. came out of that injury. Like I got to admit, like between doing, you know, hour to hour and a half long rower workouts and hour to hour and a half long assault bike workouts and doing 5k row into 5k ski for time, like those things, Ugh. man, they really do move the fitness needle. Yeah. Yeah. They just suck. That's like eating yeah. your vegetables, the fitness edition. Oh. Like, listen, listen, I'm the first one to tell you it sucks, but like yeah. the things that you have to do yeah. to beat all of these guys is everything's going to suck. Like it's only so, f- I don't care how much you love working out. It's only so much fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a job. It's your actual career, which is wild. See, I was sitting there thinking I wanted to get good at high rocks until he started talking about that assault bike for an hour. And I'm like, nope, Not I'm that out. Good. Not Isn't that it, good. Isn't it crazy that like the the one tool that isn't even in the race is like maybe the best training tool for that race? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I well, mentioned I will- to Mo while we were there that I was thankful there was no assault bike. And he had this yeah. like kind of devious look on his face, like it might come at some point. And I'm like, God. dude, don't do that to me. Dude, Please, I would love the assault bike in the race. Um, Deca has assault bike as the seventh of their ten stations, and it is where it's like the graveyard. It's like yeah. where all of a sudden everyone everyone's run fast and looking fresh, and everything so far has been pretty like standard, nothing too hard. And all of a sudden, that people are zombies coming off that. I I wouldn't survive. Like you list out the high rocks events and I'm like, I can handle it. I can handle it. You list it out and a salt bike in there. I'd be like, no, cancel my registration. And and how long would the assault bike be? Would it be like 75 calories? Like what oh, would it be? Oh, come on. That would take a normal person far too long. Like far yeah, too long. Yeah, maybe it's 50. I, yeah, I maybe 50. 50. 50 is a good number for. Yeah. I've seen guys that can do 50 calories in like 30 seconds, though. Yeah, but those aren't the guys that are sprinting the 1K runs. Yeah, it's true. Like the assault bike is a big boy implement. Like it's a yeah. power machine. It's not like a sprinter machine. Yeah, it's a it's it's functional power. It's FTP. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have, uh, have you tried the assault rower yet? Oof. No, I haven't. It's so it's not, bad. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, bad in a good way or like just yes, yes, bad in a good way. It's it's so bad. The seat's better. It's really comfortable. We uh, I did the gauntlet down at Waterpalooza, and the the fourth event of the hour long workout was a thousand meter row for time on the assault rower, and it has no dampener, so it's all fan. So it's literally just all leg drive. That's mm-hmm. it. Like there's no way to cheat it. You can't pull the dampener up. Can't shorten your stroke. Like you can't do all those little things you can do with the C2. You just got to have good leg drive and good form. <laughs> Are you yeah. telling me that I need to get rid of this concept too and get an assault rower? I think I, you need both. I think yeah. that they're different training tools. My wife's going to kill me. Yes, she is. I'm still trying to get assault to send me uh, an assault runner. So if you know anybody. <gasps> I mean, well, we, we know the owner. <laughs> and also yeah, – that runner yeah, is. I know the owner. Runner I'll, I'll introduce awesome. you to Tracy, and uh, we'll see if we can help you. John out. knows everybody. He's that the guy be, you need to be. That would be so cool. Oh, so the I have true story. Little nuke. So I, my on my other show, I have the second show uh, podcast that I do with a guy who runs a company called Wad Prep, and they teach people how to be efficient in, in CrossFit workouts. And he's young, uh, significantly younger than me. He's in his thirties, early early thirties, and he's really fit. And so, really I was, I, and so I was teasing him going into the gauntlet that I was going to, I was just going to sell out on the row and beat him at 52 and just humble him. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, then I did. I actually beat him on the row by like four seconds, but four seconds in a row might as well be win 40, the win. You know? What did you win tell me? What did you tell me yesterday? Gold medal's a gold medal. Gold medal's a gold medal. I don't care how you get it. But when they so, say it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, but it was on the assault roar. So when it was over, I was talking to Tracy, who's the owner of Assault, and I'm like, "Hey, Ben and I want a rematch at the games on your rower." And she goes, "Well, if you do that, I'll send you one." And so she sent me two assault rowers to the gym. And so now I've I've got two, and I train on them, and they're just as bad in training as they were in that workout. So I'm telling you, like, it's a great implement to have. I'll introduce you to yeah. Tracy, see if you can get a rower. They they have a newer one coming out actually. 
I'd um, love to meet Tracy. I'd love to check out the rower. I need the assault. You need runner. a runner. You need, I need a runner. runner. I, I have treadmills at my studio. I have like those really nice woodway. Yeah, ones, I love the woodway. Yep. They're they're amazing. But they require like a 20 amp designated circuit. So there's like there's limitations. Like they weigh yep. 445 <laughs> pounds and there's no wheels. Like you drop them and like right. that's that's where they Oof. they live. But yeah. an assault runner, I could flip up, wheel it back, move it around. Mm. Like, <laughs> I have one in my basement. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to sell my house with it down there. Well, it, yeah. It is so heavy. I had I bought it used from uh, the Panchex. They uh, oh, were closing their gym here, and they sold me one. And so Spencer and Saxon came over. And I keep in mind, Saxon finished fifth of the games, and, and Spencer just qualified for the games not that long ago. I'm pretty sure they both gave themselves hernia moving this thing downstairs. Well, yeah, stairs are... Yeah, it's well, different. He's talking about wheeling it around his gym. Well, that, well, no, that I'm, you I'm talking about my house right here. Yeah. Oh, right oh yeah, yeah. You could do that. Flat. You could totally do that. I've got yeah. nice gym flooring that I threw down on here. Like it's nice. The runner's um, sweet. The runner's yeah. Very... The runner. You you out of all people, like you need one to train because it makes yeah. it would make running on a flat surface feel like like nothing, like cake. cake. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? Joke's on everyone else because you know that new technique that everyone's doing that you were talking about with the sled push where you like wrap your arm around the inside? That is just the bucket technique to carry your like infant carrier. Those guys are True. late to the it game. Is. It is. That is just the bucket exactly technique. I know exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. with my with the car seat and you hook yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That's oh, it. That's the same amazing. thing. So you have a huge advantage there. You've been doing that for a year. Yeah. And I do... Um, I've been practicing my wall balls with the baby. That's like Perfect. one of the things I do. So your baby's just, probably heavier than the wall ball at this point. She's closing in on 20 pounds. She's a tiny baby. She's a tiny baby. She loves being what? thrown in the air. Oh, how how big was she when she was born? Six pounds. Yeah. So I same same uh fears at first. My baby was five and a half pounds. Like totally normal, just small. Everything, everything totally good, just like on the smaller side. Ours, she lost like 10% of her body weight, like in the first 24 hours. And we were like, ah, and so no. it became like this, like feeding frenzy, just like cram as much food into her as we can at all times. Yeah. What a pain. That's Which is like, she's myself. on my eating schedule. Cause I pretty yeah. much never stop eating either. Amazing. That's yeah, dad's girl great. right there. It's great. Totally. That's good stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you throw her to the full 10 feet or do you just make the nine foot line? Uh, probably nine foot. Mom would. Mom doesn't love the uh, the extra height there. She gets That's real fair. nervous. That is so funny. Moms be like that. God. Mom's, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I'm, and I'm the chill dad, and she's like the don't hurt my baby mom. You know. You know that is quite common. Quite yeah. common. Matt's well, been heard. doing. Matt's been doing this thing lately where he'll like. Um, I don't know. You know, like the swan position where like you're on your back and your baby's on your feet, and you know, oh, like the- you hold you hold his hands with your hands and his like hips are on your feet. Right. Except he won't hold his hands and he'll just balance them on his feet and then he'll straighten his legs and just like launch him in the air and then catch him. And I have a panic attack. It's great. And, and the baby loves it. Loves it. Has only hit his head once. Don't worry about it. <laughs> totally fine. They're supposed to, we bought, we bought Nora a little helmet that she wore for a little while when she was first like starting to stand up and like, like, try and climb things and she was just small you know falling and smacking her head all the time so um but my wife thought it looked bizarre it made her head look like a penis so she uh 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god. I'm I'm jealous that you did that because Matt is very like he's like all natural, like definitely like belongs like outside without shoes on and whatever, and was always like he's supposed to hit his he's supposed to have that bruise. He's supposed to have that scratch. I'm like, oh god, my perfect baby. He bought him like a pickler's triangle to climb on before he could even walk. I was like, wow. he's going to fall off this and like smash his face. And he was like, God, he's supposed to. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. I think it's different when you grow the child yourself. You're like, I can imagine. Dear God, I, I, let nothing happen to this thing that I grew. Oh my Lord. Hey, David, I want to hear about your gym um, as an affiliate owner. I mean, I, you know, I, you're talking about getting up at four in the morning. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm not the one doing that at my gym. Like, it just made me so happy there for a moment. I'm but not the only one doing that at my gym, but yeah. Yeah, but so how long have you owned this gym? So we opened Elevate in October of 2014. So oh, wow. we're like eight and a half years in right now. And, uh, you know, surviving the pandemic, I think, was one of our major accomplishments because that was crazy. Yeah. And yeah. and. I mean, I think everything, everything with running a, a, a gym is its own struggle. Like we opened just the one location and we were killing it. This was like early in DC's like fitness renaissance. Yeah. And uh, we became known as like this, like go to elevate. If you want to like go puke during your workouts, like everything yeah. was like, you know, right. like I, I trained hard and I write hard workouts. And um, one of the things that happened was like, as we were like growing, growing, growing so fast. I was like, we need another gym. Like we, we're not going to be able to accommodate all these people. So mm-hmm. we opened up a second location, but outside DC in Virginia, and we didn't get nearly the same foot traffic. And then I'm like, I was stretched between two studios and really struggling to like hold it together. And an opportunity presented itself to move back into the city to a different location. So I opened, so I moved my Virginia studio back to DC, which made it much more manageable for me. Um, but then during COVID, it was like, we're paying two rents. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just really struggling with this. And the landlord at, at the second location was trying to reclaim the space to like build out their, uh, amenities within the building itself. So we ended up parting ways and just kind of refocusing on the main gym. The first one that we ever started, it's like back as our flagship still. And, but we're alive. We're still there. We moved a lot of our members from that that other studio in, and um, that's when I launched some semi private training. That's when we got into like hybrid training. Um, my my partner in the in the studio, Jamel, he comes from a a bodybuilding powerlifting background, cool. so he launched a power athlete program. Um, and so these were like instead of our normal classes of like twenty or twenty four people at a time, these were seven people, 10 people, 12 people, like really small groups, higher price points, people training for stuff. We started putting on competitions at the gym. Like uh, we have a liftoff event, which is like a powerlifting competition that we'd never done before, which drew a ton of interest. And really uh, I designed like these uh, WWE style championship belts that like discount double check, like real nice ones. Um, and, you know, gave those out to the winners. And we just did, we just started like doing a lot more. We started having a lot more offerings. Like instead of focusing on expansion, we started focusing on just expanding what we had at the studio and try to fill more hours, um, try to really grow this thing in a, in a way that I think is more sustainable and in a way that um, 
it feels more right because this place really does it was the only one of the three locations we ever had that felt like home. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, CrossFit gets uh its reputation for community. Yeah, you know, I think that's universally that's what everyone says. Community CrossFit is so good. And I've contended forever it has nothing to do with the workouts. It's it's the people who own the gyms and and the coaches themselves, how they interact. So what's your what is your community like in a you know, this is obviously a non CrossFit affiliated you know, we'll call it hit gym or high rocks gym or whatever you want to call it. It's interesting. Um, my community varies by like time of day. And so this is like a real thing. Like the people who come in at five 30 in the morning are like the same people every time they're almost like a pod. They all know each other and they all are friends, but they also are like, yo, I'm the person who's here at 5.30 in the morning. Like, I just woke up. I kind of don't want to talk. And I got to be at work by, like, 7.30. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're out. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they all like each other. And they will – those are the same people that will fly to events. You know, those are your hardcores. And then 6.30 in the morning, that's going to be, like, my most popular time slot, 6.30 or 7 a.m., depending on the day. Um, Those people are um, consistent – You'll have a few other random people mixed in, but it tends to be the same people. They're talking a lot more, much more social. They'll hang out in the lobby afterward and, you know, have a, have a fit aid together and whatever, and just like, just hang. And they might hang out for the entire next class and then leave when Mm -hmm. the next class goes. And then you have uh, people in like the 8am, it's going to be kind of that similar vibe. Like I got to sleep as late as I wanted and I got up and I feel chipper and I'm ready to be social. Midday people, um, my midday crew has become kind of that same thing. Very, very social. Uh, a lot of the same people. And then when you look at like evenings, that's when I get more random people, people that are coming in on like class pass, people who are coming, who are maybe not as, as uh, not everyone, some of them are regulars, but people who are less regular, less consistent with their training. Those are like evening people. And so yeah, they don't, they get, don't have like a thing to train for. They're just like right. getting their fitness in a couple times a week. Kind of I'm thing. like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm making sure I don't feel guilty. Like I'm training. Yeah, yeah, so I don't yeah, feel I'm guilty. checking that box. Yeah. 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 So I, know so I, I would definitely say like, that is the vibe. Like in the, the morning is like the social crew and those people are p- helping us plan our socials. Like we do an ugly holiday sweater party every year. Um, we do, um, socials every few months where, you know, we'll go and buy out a bar and do like a big workout at the gym and then go to the bar and, and, Mm -hmm. and have a space for four hours and, you know, 150 people might, might trickle through over the course of that thing. Or, um, you know, we do workshops where like, um, I'm doing a snatching workshop next weekend that I'm leading where, you know, we do like a, it's our, uh, our, like you have kettlebells and cocktails. We have we have kettlebells and coffee. And so, yeah. uh, and so it's a, co- I, I have a, I brought in a coffee sponsor who brings us like a bunch of coffee every time we do one of these events. And so people come and drink coffee and hang out and learn after the last class of the day. And then uh, Friday night workshops, if we do those, we have one at the end of the month. It's like a resiliency for runners one. And uh, it's like a, we do BYOB for those. So like we, we try, we have like these good, like community vibes, like things are now that COVID's over, we like brought a lot of this stuff back. It's been really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I I feel like the, the CrossFit, uh, class times also have very, very similar vibes. So like same, same, but different because I feel like evening classes, you go from like 
not social shit and get people to like very social. I slept in, or maybe I had the day off or like teachers who get off a little bit earlier, who come to like an early afternoon class and then like come the, come the evening class, come like 5 30 PM, 5 30, 6 30. We go right back to social at CrossFit. Like those people are hanging out like all night. Like they've come after work and now, now they get to relax. Like they get to unwind and chit chat. And there's like all that bleeding into the next class, at least at my gym. I don't know about you, John. It's like that everywhere. I, yeah, look, yeah. It was, I'm sitting here laughing internally as he's describing these classes, like 530 classes are universal all over the world. As people roll in, mismatched clothes, dirty Don't sweat. talk to yeah. me. They're not talking. Their knees are creaking. They kind of have coffee breath. They're like, just shut up. Like, don't. The first 10 minutes is like dead silence. All you can hear is heavy breathing and joints. Like, that's it. You know? And then they once they get warmed up, they start talking a little that's bit. That's it. Yeah. 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 But they're savages. And you know what they, what they actually do is they text each other all day. They're texting like nine o'clock going, oh my God, I just had my third breakfast. You know, like that's because they're so exhausted from their five o'clock workout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like that David McGee was son of a bitch. He is like that workout. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got, I got called a a sadist today and I had to correct someone and let her know, no, it's, I'm a sadomasochist. I also enjoy the pain. Yes. Yes. I do it myself. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. But you know, these, (laughs) these afternoon classes show up and they're like, perfectly matched outfits the women have on makeup still the dudes mm-hmm. are like make sure they get the best shoes on and the big gym bag and you know showing off the guns like this is just so universal and I, I love hearing the communities but i love what you're talking about about bringing people together afterwards i think that's yeah. really really crucial to to grow your business to drive revenue to bring in more members like that sense of belonging is so important in a gym and i'm just glad to hear that you know it it's happening outside of crossfit as well as you know we we obviously know what happens inside inside our sport other places too well you know the training methodologies are really similar there's a a lot of similarities at least and i feel like there's very much a rising tide mentality. And I love that. Like, I love that all the programs coexist. I love that they can complement one another. I love that the athletes can flow freely from one program to another, from one gym to another, or that each gym is now thinking about, you know, taking on an affiliation in one way, shape or form. Like we're just trying to make fitter people and get more people to all events, more people to high rocks every so often, more people to CrossFit comps every so often. Like there's, there's a real synergy here. And I think and that we're doing the world away, a service. Yeah. And getting people away from the uh, Instagram fitness mentality. Of yeah. like, my workout needs to be super sexy. This guy has 8,000 different variations of every exercise. Like this idea that it needs to be seen. Like all of this, like turn this crap off and like, no, like, like we're a studio, not a box. Right. But we're not like, they're not like shiny lights and like models for coaches or anything like that. Like, it's like, come in here, like get to work. Let's grind. Like that's, that's it. Like nothing flashy. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Right. It's like getting people to embrace actually training. Yes. And with people who are like, skilled enough to build the right programs and, and offer the scaling options and like, you know, people who know what they're talking about. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with folks online who are like also just trying to make the world a healthier place, but I think that you can't replicate 
knowledge and experience and one-to-one attentiveness and the community that you get when you walk into a gym that has, you know, a class that has 10 other people who are of varying fitness levels to motivate you and to also humble you and to do all of that. Like, it's just, well, I mean, I drank the Kool-Aid, so take that mm-hmm. with a grain of salt, but well, here you, I am. You, like, the reality is like, you, doesn't matter who you are, like, you can be Madero's. You're still, you can get a one-off workout, great workout on your own. But like, even he can't train day in, day out, every workout alone. Like you need, you need to do it with people. Like it is the key. You need to have coaches, no matter how good you are. You need to have, you know, people to hold you accountable. And if I'm working out, if I jump in one of my classes, I could be running next to somebody who's going half the speed of me. And I'm still like, I'm still like looking over at their speed, like, uh, like, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like it's still like, it it still motivates me just to be with anybody. Yeah. I agree. I I was in a workout the other day and there was some kid and I call him a kid because he was in his twenties and I'm in my fifties and he was beating me the entire workout and I caught him and like, I was watching him that same thing, giving him the side eye the whole time and watching his breaks. And I'm like, I know where he's going to break in the third round. And when he does, I'm going to pass him. And I did. And I beat him. And when it was over, I went over and fist bumped him and I was walking away and my coach comes by me and she goes, that kid didn't even know he was racing you, did he? And I'm like, nope, he had no idea. <laughs> you didn't know. She's like, but you weren't going to let him win, were you? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's why you go, you know, yeah. make sure. Yeah, and, and, and maybe next time he'll be looking out for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, trust Good me. Push. He He knew when it was over because I made a point. To when I finished to walk close to him so I could fist bump him when he finished, just so he knew the old guy beat him. Just so he, yeah, John. You, you have to do it. You at do, my age. no, yeah. you do. Hey, at every yeah. age, yeah, give him a push. Why not? Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm dropping in on your gym. By the way, I'm coming to DC in April. Oh, you are. Oh, great. What's, when in April are you going to be here? Yeah. Oh uh, well, that's a great question. I think the 22nd. I think I'll have to look, but I know I'm coming in April. So now that I know you're in DC, I'm going to drop in and I want you to program something horrible. Totally oh, it'll be horrible. You'll come oh, for a couple God. days. We'll, we'll get a few, oh, a few different formats in for you. You'll have a well, great time. My, my high rack training starts Monday and that'll actually be, my coach will be very happy that I'll have somewhere to drop in while I'm in DC that will give me a really horrible high rocks training. So that's great. I'm, I'm going to be launching an online training platform soon. So <gasps> fun. Really? Uh, I yeah, wish I had it already ready on? so I could like plug it with you guys. Um, yeah. but, but, um, once that comes, I'll, I'll share the info with you guys. Cause I'm, I I'm beginning the build out. Yay. That's so exciting. I was going to ask like sort of what is coming down the pipeline for you in terms of training races, your business, like what have you got going on? So much. Um, so much. I, so much. I mean, obviously the online training platform, like, you know, I've had a lot of people approach me since the North American championships being like, how can, you know, how can we train with you? When are you going to be online? Whatever. So I'm trying to fast track that the best that I can. Um, and so the hope is that, you know, next time I'm at an event, I'll be able to, you know, give out QR codes so people can scan them, get cool. discounts yeah. that sort of thing and get started. Um, you know, and it's hard in this world of online training. Cause it's like, you need to have both a combination of, of content and video. Like you need to have like the actual workouts and you have to have like a lot of video right. prepared. So the yeah. time it's very time intensive, but um, I'm working hard on that right now. Um, cool. In addition, obviously my training is full go right now. We have like about two and a half months to world championships in Manchester, England. So 
Um, the, you know, I told my wife before this season that I had two big dreams for the season. One was to be North American champion and the other was to be world champion. So, um, oh, just, just little things then. Little no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm halfway. I think you have to believe in yourself. Like you have, like every guy, there's a lot of guys who have a shot at winning worlds. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those guys were at the race at the North American championships. The guys who finished first, second, third, and fifth at the European championships were all at this race. And so, um, and, and the guy that finished second in the world last year, guys who finished second through eighth in the world last year at world championships all ran in that race. So I'm right there. Um, but I know at the same time, I have to have a good day. Maybe I have to have a little luck. Like this is, this is how competition goes. And so just got to kind of keep your nose to the grindstone. I'm working on, on dialing a little bit more speed and a little bit more power into my, my training right now. Um, and then outside of training and competing, cause I'm going to, I'm going to do a tune up race in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, in about two and a half weeks. And Ooh, then, okay. yeah, my little, little tune up just to see where I'm at. And then, um, I'm also working on a little side project with my buddy, Cam. We're launching a hard seltzer company. And yes. I thought you guys, I'm here I thought you guys would like it. this. Yes. Tell okay. me the details. Okay. Here are the details. Um, we are a hard seltzer called post game and post game because our, our hard seltzer will be the first on the market with seven grams of protein and electrolytes. So you finish your workout. You don't need to worry about chugging a protein shake. You don't need to drink a hydration drink. You literally just, just, you know, you want to go to brunch afterward. You want to go catch the football game. You want to go whatever, have a drink with your friends, get on a boat. Well, I don't know what you're going to do. Grab a post game. Grab two. <laughs> you get a, yeah, like you get it. on a boat. Of yeah, course. Like, why, why not? not? Like, uh, and and the thing is, so like you know, fourteen grams over two drinks, and fourteen grams of protein is a nice you know start. It's kind of like this idea of like it's everything you need and a little bit that you don't, and it's five percent alcohol. It's nothing that's gonna like knock your socks off, but it's it's the right amount. Like I'm not I'm tr- trying to get you to binge drink. I'm just trying to get you to have a couple and enjoy it and. Um, you know, kind of a little bit of balance there. So, so post game, we're, we have our soft launch planned for sometime in March. We'll, we'll see when we can finish the manufacturing, um, and, and get it down here. But we're, we're, we're set to be launching in DC, Maryland, Virginia with our distributor, um, within, in about 200 stores when we do our soft what? launch. Wow. That's oh awesome. gosh, crazy. And then, um, we'll hopefully hard launch around the summertime. And then the goal is, Let's see where we take this thing. I would love to expand. If anybody wants to get involved, uh, they can reach out to me. I would love yes. to hear from them. Uh, we we theoretically would be interested in some investors. So, you know. Yeah, so anybody fun. It's a cool idea. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I, vol- I volunteer as tribute for testers. <laughs> so uh, ship some up. I'll be brutally honest with you. I have very uh, specific taste in hard seltzers. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We we had a night where we went through, we did market research uh, and I purchased, uh, I think 24 different hard seltzers and we sat okay. down and we graded them all by uh, how the, the, the brand name sounded, the flavor sounded, the smell, the, the taste, like what, what did it make you think of rated on a scale of one to 10, all this stuff. And we, yeah. we did a lot of market research that Ooh. night. Uh, we didn't drink them all. We drank like a sip okay. of each one. But, sure, uh, sure, 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 sure. 
What did you? Uh, what was your favorite? Like, I'm so curious. Like, oh my gosh! Now, you know, it's interesting. Uh, pineapple flavors did really well with me, yeah. which was surprising mm-hmm. because I, I, I wasn't sure that was going to be my my thing. But we are launching a pineapple, and we're launching a raspberry flavor initially, cool. and then Great. we'll kind of roll from there. Adding SKUs is, is hard; it's expensive, so we're going to start with two. We're selling four packs, and uh, yeah, it's an exciting like extra little venture Yay. in my life. I love it. Well, if you ever need any marketing advice, come right to me. I, I accept. I accept. Yes. I'm your girl. Yeah. I mean, look, you need somebody that knows about fitness and is basic AF. That's Nikki. No That's doubt. me. That's no me. Doubt. I love it. Well, and I think, I think the thing is like the people who are going to drink this are people just like us. People who like to work out. People who want to have a few drinks. Um, don't take it too seriously. Like, yeah, it'd be really cool if like uh, – I don't know. Noah Olson wanted to be the face of this thing, but I don't think he even drinks alcohol. I have no idea. Mm. I don't think Noah does, but we know quite a few CrossFitters that do. Yeah. I think it's talk. I think it's talk, guys. Okay. What's up? These CrossFitters are funny, though, dude. A lot of them don't drink at all. So when you actually see them drinking, they're like completely hammered on that one 5% (laughs) alcohol drink. It's the best. I yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really cut back a lot since we've had the baby too. So that's probably yeah, of course. one of the big advantages of having a kid. Although, like, we are also the baby in the bar people. Like, we, yeah, we, we're we the do same that, way. man. Yeah, we have let like breweries by the house, and we'll just like push the stroller down there, and we like just look like a couple of degenerates, but. No, we're the same way, and we talked about this. I had my I had my kid's first birthday party at a brewery, so I'm you're in good. That's company. what we're doing. That's what we're doing yep. on Saturday. We're stoked yep. about it. Baby's good one company. year birthday. At a brewery. Yep. Same. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do is when you get ready to launch this thing, we'll have you back on. We'll do a happy hour on the air. You'll have to send it. You'll have to send us some cans and we'll all drink. We'll all, you know, drink them on the air and we'll chat again and talk about your world championship at that point. And uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. That'll be great. That'll be great. May 26th is world championship. So um, it's time to lock in and go like monk mode for it. But uh, yeah. it's going to be great. That's good stuff, hey. man. We'll, well, thanks for joining us, David. I appreciate yeah. you coming on, man. Uh, and it was great meeting you and getting to see you compete live and in person. So uh, we're excited to have you here. So thank again, you. congratulations. Thanks thank of you. Course. Thanks for having me on and a uh, big honor. So yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Well, now Nikki's all excited about the future of booze. So Here for it. Yes. All of it. <laughs> the the triumvirate. Yeah. It's going to help me train it, for my next Hyrox. It is. You know, it's the triumvirate of hard seltzer. Protein and hydration. Like, what can go wrong? Like, everything. Really? You need. What yeah. could go wrong? What could I go can, wrong? It sounds I like can, a perfect 10 a.m. beverage. I can put that to the test. Trust me. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, it was good seeing you guys. For everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining this evening and we'll chat with you guys soon.